Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Marmara as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, Oh yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I get to go over here. Dear friends, my friends, most important friends of Jesus Christ. Not servants, not slaves, but friends whom he has let in on what he's up to. I think the most eloquent embodiment of hope and of promise fulfilled that I've ever encountered is holding a new baby in my arms. Many of you have children and I've one of my favorite things has been to visit you in the hospital and hold and bless your baby. There's just something about that tiny yet real weight of a new baby in your arms that, that opens your soul up to hope. Babies are so fragile and yet so essential 
so full of potential? What's the point of a future that is unpopulated by human beings? God created the world, among other things, to be a home for human beings. Clearly, Abraham and Sarah felt that way. What's the point of a world unpopulated in the future by human beings? Even God's promise of God's own presence to Abraham felt inadequate to Abraham at the moment when he had no heir and foresaw no heir. God said, fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. I am your reward. And Abraham came back with a zinger. What can you give me? I have no heir. The main thread I want to trace this morning through the narrative about Abraham and Sarah that we've been living in over the last few weeks of Advent, our full seven-week Advent, is the thread of laughter. In chapter 12, God promised Abraham that he would become a great nation. In chapter 17, God repeats that promise to Abraham and Abraham laughs. In chapter 18, God repeats the promise again. This time, Sarah laughs. What kind of laughter is that? It's not the laughter that responds to humor. It's certainly not the laughter that erupts from pure joy. It's the ironic laughter that expresses notes of bitterness and disappointment even as God repeats his promise. It's as if Abraham and Sarah practically snort back at God. Yeah, right. It's the laughter, at best, of resignation. Something like, we know that's never going to happen. Get real. It's okay. We can deal with it. We've thrown in our lot with you, Lord. You've given us what we've got, and that's enough. And we don't expect any more. That's how I read Sarah's little monologue to herself. After I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? Get real. Abraham's earlier laugh is also the laugh of resignation. Can a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? Can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Get real. It may be actually a little easier for Abraham than it is for Sarah because he already has a son by a different mother, Hagar, and he's willing to settle for that. He's willing to settle for the brokenness of that family situation and the smallness by comparison of that hope. He doesn't need the more grandiose dream of a child from Sarah, the miracle that he knows will not be coming in the middle of his December, December romance with Sarah, if you could call ever Abraham and Sarah's relationship, any kind of a romance, but a more genuine and joyful and uncontainable laughter rings out by the end of this story, and the child comes, the child whose name is laughter. His name is Yitzhak, which means he laughs. That's the, the, the thing that rings out the most in this story is just that belly laugh of the joy of the Lord shared with humanity. But there's something else that rings out in this story. It's a question. 
It's a question that's probably haunted Abraham and Sarah for a long time. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I think we need to let that question hang in the air for a moment because of the disappointments and the expectations that we have that haven't been realized. And given our situation as a church this week, I think I want to just reference that. It's been a disappointing week. God didn't do for us a thing that we sincerely and earnestly asked Him to do that has to do with securing our future. We went after a property. We gave it our best shot. And we fell short, and I feel some disappointment about that. I know I was probably at the head of the pack leading the charge, and I was really farther ahead <laughs> than maybe some of you know. You know, I was, I was already planning activities and events. I was already imagining new partnerships and possibilities. I had the, the plans for the final phase already drawn up in my mind, and I don't think I was the only one that, that dared to dream. Some people, when I called them, I felt I had to call some people personally and and give the news, and I could tell they were tearing up. But more than disappointment, speaking for myself, I just feel like the hill got a little bit steeper. I've been watching this Madison real estate market for decades, and I know that there are fewer and fewer properties that are available. I know they cost more and more, and this is only going to get harder. But is anything too hard for the Lord? And that speaks to any situation, any, anything you've invested your ambitions in, anything that you've prayed for and the prayers haven't been answered. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. These disappointments sometimes push us to the edge and even make us feel a disappointment with God and even doubt the goodness of God. But remember, our God is a God who can give and did give a baby to a man who was 100 years old and a woman who was past 90. They held that baby in their arms and they laughed out loud, a pure laugh of joy, of promises kept, of impossible dreams that turned out not to be impossible because nothing is too hard for the Lord. Abraham was willing to settle for less. God wanted both Abraham and Sarah to have much more. And not just them, through them. It was God's intention and still is to bring blessing to the whole human race. So it may be that, who knows, the, pro- the property on University Avenue six blocks away, maybe that was too small, not too large a dream for Geneva Campus Church. Or maybe it is that God just doesn't have a future like that in mind for us. But we can be sure of this, that whatever future God has in mind for us, it's a better future than we can secure for ourselves, and God is able to secure it. And once again, that speaks to any situation you're in, any hopes that you have. God will not let you down. Isaac was born. Jesus was born. Jesus will come again. Our God is a God who gave his own son for the forgiveness of our sins. Our God is a God who raised that same son from the dead. Is anything too hard for the Lord? In fact, one of the places in the Bible where there's a kind of hilarity that corresponds to the laughter when Isaac was born is in the resurrection narratives. It's sometimes like a crazy game of hide and seek. 
What is it you're looking for, the angels ask the woman who comes to the tomb. What is it? Who is it you're looking for? Jesus asks Mary Magdalene as she stares at him face to face and doesn't recognize him. There's, there's, a, there's a, a slapstick to it, a heavenly hilarity. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So today, you might, for whatever your circumstances are, you might feel a little bit of that ironic laughter of resignation welling up in your throat. Yeah, right. Listen this morning to the rest of the story. Not just the twists and turns of the story of Abraham and Sarah and how God taught them patience and taught them faith, but listen to the larger contours, the twists and turns of God's plan for salvation for the whole human race as the ark of salvation bends towards Bethlehem and then expands to encompass the whole earth. And a baby is born whose name means salvation. And maybe you can find it in your heart as you listen to laugh. Here are the last words that God spoke to Abraham in the book of Genesis. We didn't read them. Ellen didn't skip that by accident. She skipped it because I asked her to because I wanted you to hear them now. God said, I will indeed bless you. And I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. This is the promise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.